Hey, this is Charlie Remitz, and you're listening to Dash Radio. Welcome to the world of music. Discover new music. Do you want to be the first to know? Pay attention. This is Dash Daily Discovery with DJ Harper. Yep, it's that time. Very excited to be here. I've got Charlie Remitz here with me in studio. I got Remitz, right? Yes? Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, welcome in. How are you? Thank you. I am good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We have a couple of songs for you. We're very excited because we've got a brand new song from you. Brand new. Which we are very excited about. It's called My Worst. Yeah. We are going to get into that in just a bit. But first, we've got to talk a little bit more about you, your upbringing. I feel like there's so much depth to you. As I'm like reading through your bio, there's so many layers to what this is. Yeah. Uh, you grew up in a foreign land called Montana. Yep. <laughs> we it's are, a foreign land. We were joking about it earlier. Um, and tell me about how you discovered this love for music and this ability to sing. Um, I think it just occurred to me like, whereas like, I feel like other people are like, well, one day I found a guitar in like a studio that does not happen in Montana. So you don't (laughs) just like discover a guitar in your studio somewhere. Um, I think I just, I had this moment where I was, um, I, all my friends were in these like weird musicals and I never wanted to do them because I was like no lame like I don't want to set myself up right 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 now I'm only in fifth grade I don't want to walk this path and then they were all doing it out of like I don't know a fun thing and they I felt left out so I was like I'm gonna do it I auditioned and then the teachers were like whoa okay you can actually sing the rest of your friends can't (laughs) don't tell them (laughs) don't tell them but they're not as good and then I got just a better part and then they were all mad at me and I was like of course all right well this ended up not working out because now we're not even going to hang out together because I'm in a completely different section of this musical. Right. So I did end up setting myself up for some <laughs> failure there. And now your friends are all angry and that's uh, that was that. Now we're not friends anymore. Right. No, just kidding. I have I kept one of them. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's tough, though. It's tough. It's it's so interesting that early on, you know, I mean, it's tricky, right? Sometimes like teachers or parents or just people that are close to need to be, they need to play that encouraging role. Like, yeah, that sounds so great. And yeah. it's like, well, yeah, but if it doesn't sound great, then don't tell me it sounds no, great. Cause yeah. you lead people down the wrong path. There. No, especially when you're younger. And like my parents were like musical, they were not musical in any regard. Mm. And so I needed somebody from the outside to be like, okay, you have something here that your parents are not going to coddle for you. So we're going to have to like kind of maybe help you along. But I think it was, it was words that were more like elemental to actually want to do something with music. I think like singing is kind of a side effect of like wanting to write Mm. because I'm really protective and like emotionally attached to all of my music. So if I wasn't, I would just write for other people, but instead I'd, I just can't. They're my babies. Um, that's very interesting. So as a, as a songwriter and in your process, yeah. for you, it needs to be personal. It has to be personal or I won't sing it, which mm. is big when I want to do like features with other people or I want to work with other people. If I don't feel like an emotional connection to what it is, I probably won't step on it because otherwise I'm not going to, if the inspiration isn't there, I'm not going to agonize over what I'm writing mm. if I just don't feel a connection. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a that's an important realization. Did you realize that through trying to do that and then we're just like, whoa, I can't do this? Yeah, well, I when I was younger, I um 
my parents were getting divorced and I was, you know, one of those brooding teenagers that's very like, let me fall into line with all of the other teenagers on the planet and just have myself like a, a tiny life crisis. And I had one of those, but mine was like a little bit more massive than other people's. And so my mom kind of pushed me into therapy and my therapist was actually the one that was like, okay, well it would be good if you had like a creative outlet. And Mm. so that was where she was like, why don't you start writing? You like music. Why don't you combine the two and just like, Wham, an occurrence happened. So your to me. therapist was your A and R. Yeah, my therapist right. was like, you you seem like you need, like have a lot of emotional like depth that you could maybe channel into something that might be worthwhile beyond just like being an angry little brooding teenager. That's inter- that's an interesting concept, by the way, is a therapist who would then be a co writer on uh, <laughs> on a record. Yeah, I'm just gonna like mention her and just be like, Well, Michelle said <laughs> Oh, that's, that's very, that's such an interesting concept. I'm just thinking about that. Um, you've, you've been through a bunch of different things that have gone on in your world that I imagine have also played, um, a role in writing and in developing some of this music is some of the stuff that you've gone through. Um, share with that a little bit of how you go from processing something that that's happening in life to then being able to translate that to these beautiful songs. I think the the easiest part about writing is when you have something really massive happening to you because I think like all of the calamities and all of the tragedies that follow me around, it's a lot easier for me to write when I have something that's plaguing me versus like when I'm just laying on my bedroom floor being like, okay, should I write about <laughs> how I got really turned this weekend or should I like maybe try to do something that's going to like actually be mean something? Um, I think... When I was younger, especially, there was a lot of family stuff that Mm -hmm. was I didn't do. I didn't really have like a lot of um, misadventures with love until I was like in my early 20s. So I think music, I think what I was processing the majority of the time was stuff that was going on at home. Mm. So that was, yeah, I don't know. Plus, I've never been very good at like biting my tongue. So I would be like either really surface or like really beneath the surface, Mm. like to a point where like my mom's like, well, don't maybe don't play that one for your friends. Maybe just let's keep that one to ourselves. (laughs) Right. There's too much stuff. I'm like, mom, this is my art. Please just let me just release it into the world. And she's like, no, you don't understand yet. (laughs) Man. Um, with that, as you're going through that and as, cause there's a, there's a lot of people actually that, you know, I mean, everybody that's, the human experience, right? Everybody goes through these trials and tribulations and challenges with relationships, whether they be family members or friends or lovers or whatnot. Um, for you, you finding this outlet, you know, there's a lot of people that are out there that are probably feeling this way, but don't know how to get it out. How would you advise somebody who's never written a song to be able to like get some of those feelings out? Like what were some of the things that you did that helped you do that initially? I definitely, I I suggest typically like just before you're going to go and write a song, I think it's better to just like sit down with your thoughts and like give yourself the freedom to just like write without stopping. So Mm. something like just longhand writing, which is like a technique that they used to use like way in the early, I don't know, 1800, 1900s. That's what like authors would actually write in longhand. And I think that that's like, it gives you, it gives all of this like open space for spontaneity. And I think spontaneity is like one of the most like, you know, one of the coolest occurrences because you get so much from it Mm -hmm. without like expecting anything from it. And so I think like just sitting down and like saying, I'm going to write three pages and then just starting to write. And it's just like, you know, wow, I really don't like my parents right now, blah, blah, all the way down to like, 
my hand hurts. I don't want to keep doing this. Mm. And then you keep going, but you stumble upon new material that ends up being really cool. And then I think once it gets to a point where you've like refined your craft enough and you know, like what kind of a writer you are just through this process, mm. then maybe translating that into a song is a, you know, plausible. Interesting. Yeah. Long handwriting. Long handwriting. Just keep writing. Even if it's just like so simple that you're just like, wow, and this paper's all torn. And then you're just, it's just like, it's so, it seems like a waste, but it's not. It like really clears your headspace too. Can we write this in emojis? <laughs> you do, long, can. You can just hand. be like emoji of a shooting star. Right. I need help. Right. Right. I mean, who knows? That might be the future of songwriting folks. Em- emojis. emojis. Um, <laughs> I want to get into some of this music. Um, There's so much more I want to talk to you about, but I want to get into some of this here. Uh, Let's start with, uh, to tell you the truth. Let's start with that. All right. Tell me a little bit more about this song. This is about a misadventure in love. Very like to the point. Whole thing is just like, it's like a retelling. It's like biographical. And um, it happened, uh, I think, over the span of like a month last year between November and December. And it just like... It was cool. Like I just realized the same way that I realized that I wanted to be a singer and I I liked words. I realized that I was in love with my best friend. And this is what transpired afterwards. (laughs) And and this is what happened. So we're just going to play it. Yeah. And and you're going to get the story. Uh, Do not go anywhere. Charlie Remitz is here hanging out with us here in studio. I'm going to play this to tell you the truth. This is the studio version. You also put out an acoustic version. Yes. I want to ask you about that a little bit too when we come back. And uh, also her brand new song called My Worst coming up here in just a few. Don't go anywhere. You're tuned into Dash Radio. Didn't need another drink, but you were getting me one. I kissed you right there underneath clouds of hookah. We were covered in fake blood, and you tasted like fruit punch. Surrounded by kittens and
Had to wait for that little last uh, fill there that's at the end. I know. That's incredible that that's there. A little, a little Easter egg in that track. That last song, To Tell You the Truth, Charlie Remitz here to spill all of the everything yes. about your entire the life. insider info. I, I love it. I love it. Um, we were talking as that song was playing about the line crisscross applesauce. And I was telling you that my wife says this to my Kids. And yeah. so th- that's my reference for crisscross applesauce. You were telling me a story about crisscross yeah. applesauce, but it's a whole nother thing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but I don't recommend swinging on a swing set when you're crisscross applesauce because when you're midair and you're trying to untangle your limbs, it's just like you can't actually <laughs> fathom the fact that you're dropping and your legs need to be <laughs> untangled at the same time. I imagine that all of that was happening in slow motion. How old were you when that happened? And you fractured your tailbone? I fractured my tailbone. Um, You know what? I don't know what. I think I was too old to be on the swing set, too. Like, I think at that point it was kind (laughs) of like, get off the swing set there. Like, four-year-olds waiting. I'm like 15. I'm in my brooding teenager. I'm like, I'm going to go to the swing set in the middle of the neighborhood and think about my life. And and it all went downhill. And you had to sit on a donut for... Yeah, well, I had to get like a little donut afterwards, just like a, a thing of pillows, just because like, I don't, I don't really know how long it was, but I remember it being like way too long. Like there was a point where I was sitting in school and I was like, God, I kind of need my pillows, like, <laughs> but I'm not going to bring them and everybody's going to be like, what happened? What why, do, why do you need this? No, right. so I just like kind of, I just, I don't know. I stuck it out. Yeah. I mean, I imagine trying to explain that to a bunch of other teenagers, like, yeah, <laughs> this is, uh, so what happened? Well, um, I fell off a swing set. I'm too old. I know from looking at me, you're thinking to yourself, what were you doing on a swing set with your legs crossed in a pretzel? Right. Like, you need, need to make know. up a, you need to make up a, a, a fictional story. I have actually fractured my tailbone about six times. What? I know How because every single time you fracture your tailbone, it makes it easier to fracture it again and so the first time I was like literally just standing on a stool and then I accidentally like tipped off one of the corners and I fell and like the corner of the stool 
hit me right where my tailbone was. Yikes. And it just like, it was so bruised. And my mom was like, "Uh uh-huh. Okay. So this (laughs) child is like a danger. (laughs) This poor child. Yeah. I've broken several bones, more bones than my brother has. And he's a dirt biker. And wow. There's a, yeah. It's, I play golf. Like it's sad. <laughs> it's really sad. You've never, you've never broken a bone playing golf. Though, yes, have I you? have. How? Um, I was, I, I broke my collarbone. I was in a golf cart and my, when you're, when you have three people in a golf cart, me my mom, my little brother, my little brother saw his ball, but my mom was on laying on the gas and he saw his ball and he slammed on the brake while she's on the gas. I flew out of the cart oh, wow. and I hit my, sh- my clavicle on a tree. What? I, I know it sounds really dramatic and like it was a plan, <laughs> but this actually happened and nobody believed me that I broke my collarbone because I was like, no, I'm fine. And then I slept on it. And then the next day I was like, I, I just can't even describe this pain. It was so excruciating. And finally my mom was like, okay. Did you continue to play with this broken <laughs> clavicle? I think already at that point I'd like two sheets the wind i was like no i'm done anyway and then i broke my i broke my collarbone and then i was like i'm really done now wow wow that's a i'm getting all of the visuals for this by the way this is incredible somehow i knew that like eventually this was gonna stumble into like how clumsy are you because it is like one of the biggest pieces of my life like it's like how did that scar on your leg happen just the one right there though there's 40 well, I mean, I just fell while I was drunk. I don't know what to tell you. Well, well, I mean, that I, we've all been there. We've all definitely been I have been there. been there a few more times than I think any other. Like, my experience as a human is just, like, so much more dangerous, it seems. Just I know. As, I almost feel like I should be wearing um, some sort of like perfective a, uh, gear I wanted right to now. say a hazmat suit, but I'm right. not, like, <laughs> like, I'm no, like yeah, radiating not an illness. I'm just afraid that something will fall I brought from the, the ceiling. No, I know. I have, yeah. like, the worst luck. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, okay. hopefully we make it through the rest of this, and hopefully you make it through. The I know this is like kind of, of a without. tall chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we need to lower the chair immediately for yeah. Charlie. All right. Um, I am very excited about this new song. We are getting a chance to allow people at Dash to hear this first, almost before a lot of other people will mm-hmm. hear this. Um, this song is called "My Worst." Yes. This is not about any broken bones necessarily, is it? Just a broken heart i think okay all right (laughs) (laughs) um tell me more about my worst um this was the first song where i because i'm very meticulous when it comes to songwriting and almost like in like almost to the point where it's like pretentious and kind of annoying like people are like just stop writing like you're done and i will just go over it and go over and agonize over lyrics and try to like turn it into this like prophecy that you can like hand somebody (laughs) like here live your life by these guidelines from my song Um, And at this point, though, I had experienced a situation where it was like kind of the worst form of unrequited love. And I was Mm. really upset and just like seeing red. And there was just no room for all of like the extra like mumbo jumbo of trying to figure out like how I'm going to like like leak out as much meaning as I possibly could. I was just mad. And so I was like, I'm not going to get anything more emotional and more raw than what comes out of me at this moment, (laughs) which kind of sounds weird, but like, this is like an angry, an angry song. It was, Oh man, I've never, I don't think, I don't, I'm actually really anger was something that I was really comfortable with when I was younger. Um, cause I was just rooting as I've said four times now, <laughs> everybody, nobody wanted to hang out with me when I was younger, but now it's like a really foreign thing for me. Like it's not often that I experience like a, the, like fury. I don't actually mm. let myself get to that point. I keep my right. cool very well. Right. So this was like, I was so 
I, I was so just kind of thrown off guard by how furious I was and just like what what did it what what pressed those buttons um I think it just like when this boy had he had, knew he had feelings but at the same time he was like I don't want things to go very far and I was like the two just are not a mix it's like oil and water and I was yeah. like you don't know what you want and that's more fury like infuriating than anything else and this was somebody that I invested a lot of time in and I think when you invest time that's where you start to get really angry yeah um, but yeah, yeah. Cause you can't get that part back. No. And back. I felt like it was, I felt like I was being a really genuine, you know, I was caring, kind, compassionate, and it just felt like I was kind of being dragged around. But mm. I think what ended up happening is like, he didn't, he was concerned cause we were best friends. Mm. Yeah. And how, <laughs> and so how has that ended up? Um, we did, we did end up dating and then kind of in the beginning, he didn't know what he wanted. And then at the end we came full circle and suddenly we didn't know what we wanted Mm -hmm. anymore. And Mm -hmm. there were some friends involved and you know, yeah, that's (laughs) tough. That's tough because I feel like that's such a fine line, right? I mean, it can be, that can end up really, really good or it could end up bad, right? Like having it's, being that close. It's really hard to go from best friends to like being so in love and then getting to a point where the love is like so big. It's almost like you can't, it's like you're a meteor is passing by and you're trying to grab onto it. And it's this like big, beautiful, bright, shining thing, but you can't get a firm hold on it. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I think it just like, it, it got to a point where it's like, it felt like we were in possession of this massive fireball and it was just going to like either we were going to be able to contain it or it was just kind of going to just envelop both of us and I think at the end like we were just too young and too naive to actually realize that like there's a way to do it without losing each other in the process but we didn't you know we didn't really have the time or the care I guess Mm. yeah it's something to revisit in the future I mean I have thought, trust me, I have ruminated on this <laughs> subject for the past two months. So I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe not. Possible. Yeah. It's, I mean, this is a very important person to me. So losing this person forever would be, yeah, it would be rough. I mean, he was a muse unlike any other. So, yeah, yeah I feel like a lot of times, you know, I mean, timing is everything right. when it comes to these things, you yeah. know, and, and, you know, if you, to me, I think friendship is very important. Like this is somehow turned into me giving you love advice. No, this but, is great. <laughs> <laughs> Please. Um, to me, I think that yeah, it's it's difficult because when you do mix romance and feelings and those types of intimate feelings with then the what is the basis for like a solid friendship, those things can not fit well together unless yeah both people are ready for those things. Yeah. No, I think that's, yeah. I think that's actually it. Like the, the timing was off. Um, the end came and it wasn't like this mass. It wasn't like the Titanic or anything. It wasn't like this huge disaster. It was like, it was self-conscious almost like we didn't really, we were both kind of like, are we making the right choice? Are we not? Mm. And then just, you know, whatever fault, this is my first relationship. So me afterwards, I was just like, Ooh, I don't know what to do with myself. My life means nothing now. Yeah. But we're good now. (laughs) (laughs) I have a feeling this is going to come back around. That's what I think. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Keep me posted. I I want to know what ends up happening. But first, we're going to play My Worst. Uh, We're playing it here on Dash Radio. Don't go anywhere. We've got Charlie Remitz hanging out with me here in studio. This is brand new. My Worst right here on Dash. 
Charlie Remitz is here. That last song called My Worst. Uh, you're one of my favorite people to talk to. I love this. This is great. This <laughs> Thank is, you. Um, you were telling me about the situation and what has gone on. You're right. And yeah, I think this is a very interesting thing. And I can totally see how you, you've been able to take these experiences and really translate them to song. Yeah. And I've done so in a, in a really elegant way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
what do uh, what does your mom think of all of this? Um, so I mean, she was really good friends with this person, yeah. with my you know ex. She was really good friends, so I think she honestly went through a heartbreak too, a little bit. And um, I think we, as two people that have like been through um, so much together, and she. She especially like she was the one that yeah pushed me into therapy so you know she was going and um I think we have a, a really cool ability to like process things mm-hmm. like it, even if it takes us a little bit of time I think we have a really I, I certainly feel like I have a really good um gift in that I'm good with empathy and mm-hmm. so and she is too and so I think that we've been able to put ourselves in his shoes a lot and mm-hmm. we've been trying to navigate it from his perspective right. um and so I think she's understanding. I think she was frustrated in the beginning because seeing me, um, I fell apart afterwards. So seeing me in that position, I think was really hard on her. And so then she wanted to kind of turn just to anger. Right. But then as she saw me sort of coming to terms with everything, I think she started to feel, I think maybe like the the aftershocks of like the initial trauma that I'd gone through. Yeah. 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 So I don't know. Um, this is... To me, I find your your story and everything that you've you've done, and obviously your music, so interesting. And um, we're definitely fans of what you're doing. Thank you. Um, here on Dash, please make sure that when you've got new music, make sure to bring it on by. I'm I'm so curious. You got to keep me updated too with what's going to happen. Here. <laughs> I will. I'll keep you updated. Yes, please. There's going to be more songs on the album about it, so it will come full circle. It goes from love found to love lost. Nice. Nice. Yep. See, this is the way that you can find all. This is the way that we can keep track of you in your life. Is yes. just listening to the songs, and we'll know exactly what is exactly. transpired. Exactly. Yeah, full album. So I love it. When uh, you have an idea for the album comes out October twelfth. It's called Sad Girl Music, and um, it sounds like it's going to be sad. But honestly, I think there's a triumph in grieving and being able to actually feel the emotions. Yep. And I think there, there's something really powerful about that, rather than just like choosing the easy way out and stuffing it underneath. So I think that it's going to be, I, I don't know. I'm excited. I think it's going to be triumphant. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's uh, obviously some, some power in that being able to, you know, harness what Take that is. your narrative and be yeah. like, yeah, I'm a little sad right now, but at least I know I'm sad and I'm feeling all of the feelings. Yeah. That's how you regain control of the situation. For sure. Yeah. yeah it does yeah. feel out of control for a little bit, but then it sort of comes back into your orbit and you're like, all right, I got this. Yeah, I am I, orchestrating the fates right now. I love it. Tell them uh, where they can find you on social media and all of that. Well, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and it's all Charlie Remitz. Nice and easy. And it's Charlie with two E's. Charlie with two E's. And then R-E-M-I-T-Z. As in zebra, which is what I have to tell people when they're taking my information down. (laughs) When you're talking to the phone They're like, it's Remitz with an S. And I'm like, no, I said Z as in (laughs) zebra. Um, that's, I, I always have such a challenge with that part of it. Like when you're trying to explain things and you, how you have to like describe a letter and you're like R as in raspberry. Yeah. I've gotten really good at it because people, I think when they hear, like I'll make a, maybe like a, um, a restaurant reservation and I'm like, they're like, what's your name? And I'm like, it's Charlie. And they're like, Carly. I'm like, no, it's Charlie. And they're like, Carly, because they can't figure out that like it's Charlie is a boy name, but I have a girl voice. And then I'm like, like the unicorn or the little kid who got his finger bitten. And they're like, oh, and then I show up to the restaurant. And they're like, that was funny. <laughs> What's the unicorn? There's like, oh, God. Well, just if you want to step down a YouTube <laughs> rabbit hole, just oh, go look ch- up Charlie the Unicorn. Charlie the Unicorn? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. This is going to be, I'm going to, 
Um, I'm this. My day is done now. Apparently, you, yeah. If you, the minute you watch this video, you are gonna stumble upon like the Nyan cat. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of the same realm. Way rabbit hole. Okay. All Just right. Just rabbit hole. Yeah. All right. I will uh, proceed with caution. Yeah, please do. Uh, sure. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Daily Discovery. I want to remind you, you can listen back to this entire interview on my site, hopperworld.com. We've got links back to all of Charlie's stuff as well there. I want to thank you for being here, Charlie. Thanks um, for having me. Of course, of course. And I usually like to end things like this. Music is life and life is good. Everybody, we will see you tomorrow. Have a good one.